You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. You guys see that? Woo! Man, um, that was exciting stuff. I hope you guys are awake today and uh, ready for it this morning. I like to do something towards the beginning of the year, every year, and that is to just kind of take a day to slow down and kind of reflect on some of the cool things that uh, God did in the life of our church in the year before, and then uh, start to kind of turn our attention um, and focus on the future and where we're at now. And, and so that's what today is. We're calling it Vision Sunday. So if you're new or this might be your first time, today's a little bit different, but we do think that what we're going to talk about today is important. Remember, you know, every time we look at some of the things that God has done in the previous year, every single number uh, represents a life change. Every single number represents a person. And so uh, some of you guys are numbers guys, you're in business, and so you kind of live and, and die by the, the graph charts and that kind of stuff, and some of you may not be. Uh, and so we're just gonna have to uh, kind of meet in the middle and, and look at some really cool things because I think what God did in 2019 was just absolutely incredible. And so what I'm gonna share with you this morning are just some results of last year and we can cheer and we can celebrate because that's really what, what this time is. It's for us to really thank God for using this church and doing so many great things. So you guys, can you guys help me today and get excited about that? Um, all right, good. So here's how we're gonna start. So 2019, uh, our attendance um, has grown tremendously. And so this graph that I'm about to show you is gonna start in 2009 with 30 people, and it's gonna show you where we are at today, uh, which is right, yeah, right at 1732. So we praise God for that. And over the last couple of months, we've been well over 2,000, and so it's just awesome to see how God is drawing more people and the church is just growing. And as a result of that, of course, our kids' ministries and our student ministries have grown as well. And so um, 13 to 15% of growth in our kids' ministries is great. Every Wednesday night, this campus is packed out with students. And of course, right now, next to us, we've got um, over 300 kids every single Sunday. Um, and, and so God's just blessed. With, blessing us with a lot of young families and, and uh, the next generation is not only important, they are so valuable to us. We invest a lot of time and energy and resources into those ministries and so I think this is a result of what God is doing in the life of our church. Um, next, um, one of the milestones that we crossed as a church happened this year. So for the first time ever, we actually br uh, breached the 1,000 mark in the number of partners here. So I'm praising God for that. <clears throat> if, you know, if you know anything about church life, most of the time churches will have way more church members than people actually attending. You know, they'll well, we've got a thousand members and like a hundred people are attending or whatever. And so it's kind of reversed for us. And, and the reason why that number is reversed from us, why we have way more people attending than actual members is because we, we place a really high value on partnership. It's what, what most churches would call membership. We call it partners because it gives us more of a sense of, hey, like when you come and, and, and you're here at FC, like you become a part of the church. There is relationships there. there there's serving there. We're, we're part of the mission together. And so uh, we have that high value. Um, if you're not a partner, you want to take your step to do that. Uh, at FC, you go to base camp. That's the first step to connect. It's a three-week class where we talk about 
what the church exists to do in the world and how you can specifically get involved here at FC. And so that is your first step. And man, I'm, I'm super excited and blessed by what God has done in this area. Next is a stat that is the first time it's ever happened in the history of our church. And it's just an incredible thing that God has done through your ministry, through what God is doing in and through the life of our church. And that is we baptized 202 people this year. Man, Jesus' life, guys, that's amazing. I'm so excited uh, for over 200 people that were baptized. By show of hands, how many of you guys got baptized this year? Let's just see all around the room. Whoo, all right. It's incredible. Very thankful. You know, as a church, we're extremely um, focused on the mission. And so we, we've sent some teams overseas. And uh, this year, we sent more people than we've ever sent. And so this year we had five short-term trips with a little over 30 people in, in, in three locations. So we, we focus our attention on London, Montana, and Zambia currently. And so five different trips. Last Sunday was a missional information meeting and so many people packed out the room to kind of hear about the trips that we're gonna take. And because there were so many of you, here's what I want you to do. Make sure you fill out the application online to go on a mission trip, get your passport, uh, because if there are that many people that wanna go, we're gonna make some some new trips so that you can actually go there. It's gonna be a great year uh, as we move forward. But this is incredible. And I'm so very thankful uh, for how God has moved in you to send you um, on these short-term trips. But not only short-term trips, but this year we actually sent some folks on long-term assignments as well. And so overall, this stat is from the history of our church. So we've sent 11 people um, on long-term assignments. So it started four years ago with uh, sending a pastor to uh, Veritas City Church. He planted it, Greg Gibson and his family. They're in Washington, D.C. Uh, today. This year, we sent the Nelsons to London and we sent the Stewarts to Africa. And so overall, 11 people in the history of our church, but this year alone, nine people. So that is awesome. Let's praise God for that. I hope and pray that we will see many, many more people um, over the course and life of our church being sent on long-term assignments. Um, not only that, but we did something for the very first time as a church as well this year. A lot of first-time uh, things happening uh, this year. 2019 was a big year. Uh, one of the things is that not only did we record an album, that's not too big of a thing, uh, but it, what was huge for us is that Every song was an original song. So there's been a group of creative people um, that have written these songs. We've been singing them on Sunday morning. And as a collective, man, God has done some incredible things through some creative people. And uh, this was an incredible feat for our church. I'm so very excited. Can't wait to talk about it more here uh, in a minute. Another great area of growth in our church has just been our small group ministry. And so many of you over the last year have connected in a small group and, and uh, so many of our small groups have branched and started new groups. And it's because of those small groups that branch and so many of you who start out as co-leaders that then commit to be a leader, are we able to include more people in the ministry? And so our small group ministry uh, last year grew to 55 groups with over 1,200 people in groups. That is incredible, 1,200 people in a group. Let's praise God for so many people connecting 
relationally. And so I wanna encourage all of our small group leaders and co-leaders as you are gathering, know the mission is at one point will branch, at one point will grow because there are others that need to experience relationships as well. It's not only small groups, it's also in what we call our journey process which is our discipleship strategy. And so that's base camp, camp two, camp three, school of ministry. Those are the things that we, uh, basically our growth steps for you to take. And, and so this past year was a phenomenal year. Um, I think uh, the numbers show it. This was 2017, 18, and 19. So you can see just the, 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 the graph of growth that has taken place in each one of those individual classes. And, and I know Pastor Taylor and his influence on uh, the discipleship strategy and, and Tracy as well, uh, Pastor Todd and Christy who were here, uh, have just played a huge factor in connecting so many people to take their steps. And so many of you guys have done that. I wanna encourage you no matter what step you're on in the process, to take the next one this year. Um, February starts a whole new uh, um, uh, crop of, of classes. Take your next step and watch and see what God does in your life. You know, last year was the first time we created what we call the School of Ministry. And the School of Ministry is for those who feel like God is calling you into full-time ministry. This is a way for you to get leadership experience serving in our church as well as classroom experience. Uh, these classes do transfer to college and seminaries as, as uh, credits. And so we have had 27 students in the class. This is year two. Um, so this coming semester will be the final semester for the group that, that has been going. But the great thing is every August you can jump in because every year we flip-flop the curriculum. So every August we can, we can get a whole new uh, crop of, of, of students. And so if you're considering ministry, man, this is like a no-brainer for you. Um, if, if you're a leader that wants to go deeper in your faith and deeper in your leadership growth, man, this is the step for you. There's gonna be a lot of uh, books that you read, some papers that you've gotta write, but overall, God's gonna give you some knowledge that you've never, you've never experienced and take you to that next level. Man, I'm really excited about this upcoming year. You can go online and apply now uh, to be a student in August. The last number I wanna share with you guys is our vision offering number. You guys know that uh, every year we take up a, a, a vision offering that really fuels the vision and direction of what God uh, is gonna do in the life of our church. So early December, uh, we collected that together. We gave as a church to uh, create space for, for kids uh, next door. Uh, we talked about parking. We talked about campuses in Knoxville. And uh, I mean, I'm so excited that together as a church, we were able to raise over $600,000 as a church. Come on, church, let's praise God for that. Man, that's awesome. I'll talk more about how that's gonna impact our future this year, but I'm just so grateful that so many of you sacrificed, and, and not only sacrificed on that day, but made commitments to give over and above your normal giving for the rest of the year. It's because of that that uh, we're going to be able to do uh, some of the things that we've set out to do as a church, man. And so I'm, I'm super, super blessed and excited. Man, I love this church. I love being the pastor of this church. It is so fun to be the pastor of this church. It really is, I believe, the greatest job in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm just privileged to be here with you guys. And so I hope you know that, that, that serving you and serving this community is, is a lot of fun. And um, it's difficult and challenging, um, but I wouldn't trade it 
for the world. Uh, I wanna focus now just on kind of what's coming next. What's, what's coming next, like the next year, several months here, and so just to kind of set the stage uh, for what's happening. First of all, we're getting ready to start a new series uh, that we're calling More Than Numbers. And uh, More Than Numbers is, is just one of those things, man, that I just think it's gonna transform the way that, that we think about money. It's gonna transform the way that you kind of look and, 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 and desire money. And so that's my prayer anyway. And so uh, that starts next week. For four weeks, we're gonna look at that. Um, and then during the course of that series is our marriage conference. So we're actually two weeks away from the marriage conference. And so if you're engaged, uh, if you're married, doesn't matter if you're you know, newlyweds or you've been married for a long time, I promise you this conference is gonna encourage you and bless you and we've got a great lineup of speakers. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We always have a lot of fun with these things and, and uh, God's gonna do a great work. And if you're kind of looking at the marriage conference and you're like, I don't know if we can afford it and this is kind of, listen, we don't want that to hinder you. So uh, if you go to our website and go to the marriage conference page, we're gonna be able to help you with a scholarship. If that's something that you need, there's a form there that you just simply have to fill out and uh, we don't want that to hinder you and uh, growing your marriage. You know, after we get through you know, February, we're getting into March, April is on the horizon. We've got a series inside of Were You, were you There? And uh, it's gonna focus on the cross and get our attention towards Easter. And man, Easter this year is gonna be different. We've, we've never done, you know how we like to try new things out. And uh, one of the things we're gonna do this year, I'm not gonna share everything, but um, just know that it's going to be different and it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, some surprises that week that I think the community's gonna like, that you guys are gonna like. And then our Good Friday service, um, that's the Friday before Easter. Uh, that's where we're gonna do a Good Friday service at Bicentennial Park in Maryville. That's the outdoor uh, amphitheater in Maryville. We'll, we'll have an Easter egg hunt there. We have um, all the food trucks and uh, fun stuff for families to do, followed by a night of worship outside with Foothills Collective leading us uh, because that's the day that we're actually gonna drop the album. It's gonna be on Good Friday. So that will be a lot of fun. Uh, wherever you download music, it'll be available on Good Friday. And we're gonna have some CDs. How many CD people out there? Like you still like the physical hard copy CD? All right, we're gonna have some there. Uh, you can buy those, that's fine. And uh, we're gonna have those available on that day as well. So man, Easter is going to be incredible. Following Easter, uh, we, we wanted to back up Let's Go Week a little bit because we wanted Let's Go Week to be uh, kind of warmer weather. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Let's Go Week is the week that I ask everybody in our church to serve in some type of ministry project uh, where we're serving throughout that week all over the city. And uh, we've done that every year for many years now. And this year, it's gonna be the last week of April, so pencil that weekend. Do not miss your chance to love on our city. As a church, I wanna blow out of the water the numbers that we've had in previous years. And my goal for us as a church is that we would have a thousand people serving our city during Let's Go Week uh, this coming April. You guys think we can do that, church? Would you be with me on that? We can do it. I think if we do it, we're gonna make a huge impact on our city, and I would, I, I would, I would covet your prayers and encourage you um, to be thinking about that date as we move forward. Following that, 
Uh, we start a series on Galatians. We're going to work our way through the book of Galatians. As a church, I love to teach through books of the Bible, and that's going to be our focus then. And that's going to lead us into the summer months. Summer months, we're going to look at my six favorite psalms, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love uh, the, 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 just the whole entire book of psalms. But man, uh, the, the six that we've chosen are going to be incredible. They're going to be a blessing. And in the summer, uh, that's always when we do our summer camp. So if you've got a student you do not want them to miss uh, student camp this coming summer. Um, I don't know what it is, but when kids get away from mom and dad and outside of their um, normal routines and they get away with other teenagers, with godly leaders for a week, God just does tremendous growth. And uh, I can look back on my life and when, when I've gone on trips like that and how God just totally um, encouraged and changed me, I just know that your students will as well. So make sure that's a... Um, a priority in your life. It's also gonna be part of our kids camp. Um, so if you've got a third through fifth grader, we take a kids camp every week. And if you come to the conference, marriage conference in a couple of weeks, that's where we're gonna uh, initially open up registration for kids camp. We've got a very limited amount of spots for kids. And so if you want your kid to go, uh, you can register at the marriage conference and then beyond. So a lot of cool things happening as we look um, at the future. You guys know this is the election year as well. And so when we move into August, uh, I just believe at that time, man, the, the heat's going to continue to turn up politically and that climate and our culture is going to be high. And so decided to do a sermon series entitled Trending and really kind of looking at Twitter. You know, every day there's something trending on Twitter. And when we get to that election and, and as we get closer to November, man, it's really going to gear up. And so in that series, we want to look at all right, how do we actually put our faith before our politics? And uh, we don't want to get those two things confused. And, and uh, so, man, I'm excited to jump into that series um, in August. And so, man, a lot of cool things, a lot of great ways to get connected, a lot of great ways to get your kids connected and great ways for you to grow. And, and uh, excited about 2019, but I'm super excited about what God's going to do in 2020. Uh, I don't know about you, but this has been kind of a sad week for me. I'm a huge basketball fan for, for those that may not know, but um, I've been following Kobe Bryant since, man, he was 17 and I was an 18-year-old and um, just kind of watched his whole career. And, and so last Sunday when he and his daughter Gianna and seven others crashed in a helicopter Sunday morning, um, just an incredibly sad and tragic thing. And, and all week, man, media and social media has, has just been talking about Kobe and his legacy and Kobe and his daughter and just all those images that, that were coming up. And even though I never met him and I, I didn't know him, following somebody from afar, you know, their, their career, uh, it did, it just kind of triggered some emotions in me. And I don't know if it did you either, but one of the things that has really stood out to me um, about this tragedy is all of Kobe's friends um, who either on social media or, you know, interviews that they've done, um, are just talking about his life. And they talk, they, they, they talk about what he meant to them. And so that was just something that, that I didn't know, obviously, because you just don't realize how many uh, people he impacted. And I don't know much about his spiritual life and kind of where he was at uh, spiritually, but, but listening to all his friends and, and a lot of the younger NBA stars today who grew up watching him, he was, he was like pouring into them and uh, mentoring so many. And, and uh, since he retired, you know, becoming, you know, a, a, you know, just really diving into his family life and just uh, made a huge impact on me this week. And, 
One of the things I re- realized is, is man, that death is just tragic. And everybody in this room is gonna face death. Every single one of us, no matter how rich and famous you might be or, or how unfamous we might be, every single person is gonna face death. And what I realized about watching all of these interviews about Colby is that everyone started to talk about him. They talked about what he meant to them and, and how he encouraged them and loved on them. And you saw so much emotion and, and essentially you started to hear about Colby's legacy. And I started thinking about that this week. And so I was just reading through the Bible and looking at various verses. And, and I was just reminded, Hebrews 9, 27 says, just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. It's just a reminder that, man, man, death is a reality. Every single person in the room is gonna face it. And when you die, people are gonna talk about you. <laughs> They're gonna talk about you. They're gonna talk about me. And, and what they say about you is essentially revealing the legacy that you've left in this world. Here's a simple definition of legacy for us. Legacy is what people remember when you're gone. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Legacy is what people remember when you're gone. We're hearing now what Kobe Bryant's legacy really is. And I wonder today if you would take a minute to actually consider your own legacy. What do you wanna be remembered for? You don't know when that death is gonna happen. You know, Kobe was a young man. It's very tragic. His life was cut short. We, we never know when that time is gonna come for us. And so you're never too young, you're never too old to begin to consider and to think about the legacy that you actually wanna leave. What kind of husband do you wanna be known for? What kind of father? What kind of uh, follower of Jesus? What kind of impact in this city and community do you want to actually leave? I, I think it's important that we realize that death is a reality. And the one day people are gonna talk about us And a legacy that you're proud of is not something that happens by accident. It happens because you are intentional about it. And as I've been thinking about my own personal legacy and hearing about Kobe's and as I'm challenging you today to think about yours personally, I also started thinking about the legacy that Foothills Church is leaving in this city. What does this community think about when they think of Foothills Church? What, what kind of impact are we having in this city? And what kind of um, influence do we have? Like what, what does the city think about when they think of Foothills Church? I think our legacy and what we are leaving in this city as a church is important. And we need to think about it. You guys know our vision statement is that we exist to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. And so how do we do that? As I was thinking about our legacy, what I want us to be known for in this community, there was a pattern that started to happen. I started to put these words into different categories and it it really kind of fell into the same three phrases that we've been saying from the very beginning. And it really is how we actually accomplish making disciples. What's the strategy? You know, the nuts and bolts, like step one, step two, step three of how are we actually practically making disciples here? And And it falls into three Phrases And these three phrases are the phrases that I hope Fiddles Church is known for. I hope it's the legacy that we leave in this city. I hope you experience this personally because you're a part of Foothills. But it's simple. I hope we're known as a church that shares God's love. I hope we're known as a church that if you come here, you can connect to the people of God. 
You can build relationships here that help you grow closer to the Lord. And then thirdly, I hope people know that if, they, if they're a part of, of the ministries of FC, they can get equipped for the mission of God in their life and around the world. And so I wanted to break this down today and encourage us that as a church from your pastor, this is who I hope we are and what we're leaving in this city. Number one, again, I hope we're known as a church that shares the love of God. Pretty simple, right? If we're not a church, if we're not a people, if we're not a community that's actually sharing the love of God, what in the world are we doing? Like, if we're not doing this as a church, if you aren't doing this as a follower of Jesus, can we even call ourselves a follower of Jesus? Like, this is, this is, by their love for one another, they'll be known as a disciple of Christ, in the words of Jesus in John 14. Like, this is his prayer, this is his hope that, that we would share his love with the world. And so, here, here's a simple way to put it. The church exists for lost people. The church exists for lost people. I hope you know that. There's a lot of lost people who are far from God today. We exist to connect them to Jesus. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. So our, our, our goal here is to share God's love in such a way that people find Jesus. Those who are lost find Jesus. We exist for lost people. Now, how do you share God's love practically? Two ways, really quickly. First of all, you share your life. You share your life. Think about this for a minute. This is a pretty convicting question that I've been wrestling with personally. How many people in 2019 did you go to lunch with, have coffee with, invite over to your house who are far from God? And you intentionally invited them and, and spent time with them because they're far from God and you wanted to love on them. How many? I think it's a hard question to wrestle with, but because of our busy schedule, sometimes we neglect the people that are around us at the office, might be in your classroom, that, that we just think, well, that's my school life or that's my college life. That's just my, you know, my roommate or that's the guy I work with, but I don't really think about spiritual things when I'm in that environment. So we've got to share our life. You just invite people to hang out with you. I know when you were little, your mom said, don't hang out with the wrong crowd, you know, and, and that's true. In, in, in many ways, but, but at this point, you're kind of older now, right? And so like the point now as, a, as an older adult is, is that I'm pouring in the life of those who are far from God. I'm sharing my life with them. Why? Because I'm modeling the love of Jesus. They're seeing how a husband treats a wife and a kid. And kids, here, here's, what, here's what a follower of Jesus, how he talks and, and how he interacts, and this is his priorities. Why? I wanna be around people who are far from God so that they can see this. So, you know, I'm not that weird. I'm weird in a lot of ways, but... We want him to see that being a follower of, of Christ is not like weird, like, man, that's solid. But also, we're not just sharing our life. Um, it's not enough just to model Jesus to people. Uh, you can model Jesus all day long and your friends will still go to hell. You actually need to share the gospel with them. So you've gotta actually communicate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, what that story is and how it changed your life. And, and that's what it looks like to actually share the gospel. And so look, I know I'm not gonna change anybody's life. That's God's responsibility. But the call that he's given to me is that I'm supposed to share his love. And I share my love by spending time with people who are far from God and I share the gospel with people. Listen, God, he didn't call me to change people. He called me to love people. 
So we celebrate 200 people giving their life to Christ, getting baptized. Man, that's, that's fantastic. I didn't do that. You didn't do that. God did that. That's why we clap and cheer. But God uses his people. And he used you, he used me, he used us as a church to see so many people come to Christ. We've got to share the love of God. I'll look around in the room here for a minute. How many of you guys, by a show of hands, are sitting by an empty seat? There's an empty seat beside you. Okay, some empty seats in the room. You know, empty seats are a serious matter to God. Did you know that? I know when I go to a movie theater, and I'll be honest, I have some selfish moments in, in life when I come to church, and I just want to sit down and sprawl out, you know? Shoot me, kill me, but I like to sprawl out. I like arm room. I'm 6'4". I like leg room. I don't like people sitting behind me in the movie and hitting my chair and crunching on popcorn. I don't like any of that. Why? Because I like my space. But when you come into church, that mentality is, is really sinful. Because we will look around the room and we see some empty seats and it's, it's kind of cool that we're sitting by an empty seat. But to God, it's a serious matter. These empty seats that we see here represent someone who's far from God that's not here today. And these empty seats need to be filled. These empty seats are here because there are lost people in the community that haven't heard about God that need to be in here to hear about God. Last week, Pastor John shared a stat that almost 70% of the people who give their life to Jesus do so in the ministries of a church, inside the walls of a church. That's why your invitation matters. Um, Jesus said it best. He's, he's teaching a parable. And in this parable, in uh, Luke chapter 14, he says, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house will be what? Filled. That my house will be filled. Jesus wants his house to be full. And so that's why I need to invite my friends. That's why you need to invite your friends. That's why we can't stop doing that. Even when they say no, we continue to invite them. Why? Because there are empty seats in the room and God wants us to fill them. He wants his house to be full. And then we look at the practical side of this and we say, well, we could fill these seats if we had some parking spots out there to park people. I mean, that's kind of the practical side of things, isn't it? Like we need more parking. That's why we've, we've said this. That's why when we give to the division offering, that's why when you give every single week, you and I are creating space. We're helping this vision to create space for, for cars and uh, kids' space so that more people can experience the love and power of the gospel. See, here, here's the issue. When Jesus returns, he's not coming as a, little baby laying in the manger. He's coming with fire in his eyes, a sword coming out of his mouth as he rides a white horse to judge the world. And on that day, in that moment, it will be too late for your friends. It will be too late for your loved ones. You won't get another chance. That moment is over. So as a church, we need a sense of urgency here. We need a sense of urgency. We don't know when that time for them is up. We don't know when our time is up. And so we want to make every day matter. And man, I love that over 200 people were baptized, but we haven't scratched the surface in this city on the lostness that we experience and see all around. We haven't scratched the surface. Thousands of people who are good people, you look at them and they seem okay, but inside they are dying and they are far from God. 
and they need the hope of the gospel. Don't take your work environment for granted. Don't take your friendships for granted. Don't take the people that you live next door for granted. They need an invitation to church at the very least. And at most, they need you to share the gospel with them. I wanna be known as a church, as a people that shares the love of God. Here's some practical ways that you can do this. I wanna continue to encourage you to invite people to church. That's an easy way. But I also wanna encourage those of you who are physically able, you know how you can show the love of God? Park in the north lot. I mean, it's, it's a golf cart ride up the hill to the front door of the, of the church. But every single person that decides to show God's love by emptying, emptying this lot, we, we create space in our kids, in our parking, and in this room that God will fill. Every time we create space, God fills it. If you've been in our church, you've seen it every single year. Create space, God fills it. Well, the reason why we can't fill this space on a week-to-week basis right now is parking. Believe it or not, it's just God's not sending them until we sacrifice and we do it. Practical way to show God's love, park in the north lot. Um, Another way that we can do this, um, we need some 40 and 50 and above-year-olds in our kids' ministry. We, we need some experience. We, we've got some 40 and 50 year olds who have decided to let younger people take care of kids. And, and, and I'm just here to tell you what better way to show God's love than investing for one hour a week in the life of a little child, right? Pouring in, it's not childcare. You're able to build a lifetime of faith in that young child while a single mom is in the room and she's able to, without distractions, she's able to worship Jesus not have to worry about her child, right? Monday, Monday through Saturday, she's worried. Where are they at? Who's got them? What's going on? One hour a week, she gets to sit in here and not worry about it and focus on Jesus. Not only that, but when, you, when you're pouring into the life of a kid, you're not just there one year. We want you to go up to the next year and then the next year. So they start in kindergarten. Okay, go to first grade, second grade. By the time they're in fifth grade and they leave, you spent five or six years with this kid. You know what? they will never forget you, ever. You'll be a part of their story for the rest of your life, of their life. To me, that's huge. That's showing God's love. The same is true for for student ministry as well. And so I I hope that, that you understand, like these are practical ways that we can in fact share God's love. Your small group can adopt a classroom at Rockford start to impact and invest in those, those, those kids and those uh, students, um, those teachers. We've, we've decided to partner with that elementary school and God's blessing that in incredible ways. I hope people know us as a church. Our legacy is that we share the love of God. Here's the next thing. I hope people know that we, connect, we can connect you to the people of God. And so that's part of our church, part of our legacy is that we, we're here because we want people to connect to the people of God. And so very simply, the church exists to provide relationships that help you connect to Jesus, right? This is huge. I know terminology is, is language is always big, but look, look, the church exists not just so that you can have relationships, period. Not just so you can have friends. That's the problem with so many churches. They gather because they wanna hang out with their friends and they wanna worship their preference and they wanna worship tradition instead of recognizing that we exist to be in relationships, not just so I can feel good about myself, 
That's a very selfish way to look at friendships. They make me feel good, they make me laugh. They're always there for me. Well, that's great, but that's not biblical. A real friend builds a relationship that helps you connect to Jesus. That's what a real friend does. And that's what we're here doing. I wanna build relationships to connect you to the one person that's gonna bring you hope and joy, right? And that's how we want our community to know us. Like we can come here and we can connect to Jesus by connecting to each other. Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we need this encouragement daily. On the daily, you need this. This is why small groups are so important. This is why relationships are so important. Without this daily encouragement, sin's deceitfulness hardens your heart. If you walk in here on Sunday morning and you have a hardened heart and sin is deceiving you, which it is in many of our lives today, one hour a week on Sunday is not going to thaw that frozen heart, barring some miracle of God. Usually it takes not a microwave approach. It's more like a, um, one of those um, slow cookers, you know? What are those things called? Crock-pot, yeah. I'm just thinking about this. I didn't have this written down. <laughs> I'm not much of a crock-pot cooker, by the way. Slowly cooks it. That's what God does to a heart. It's kind of a slow cook. <laughs> and so it's Sunday after Sunday after Sunday Small group, friendships, text messages, people, daily encouragement, sins, deceitfulness, broken down in your life. And at the end of the year, you step back and you go, bro, over 200 people got baptized. Did you see what happened in our marriage? We don't fight about that stuff anymore. <laughs> Remember that stupid stuff? We don't even talk about it anymore. Why? Sin's deceitfulness has, has been reversed in your life. Don't just go to church to be somebody. I wanna encourage you to go to church to do something. Don't just come to church to be seen or to be somebody. You come here to do something, every single one of you. You walk into the doors, try to meet somebody you've never met. Do something, worship Jesus, give, serve. Guest services is an easy way for you to serve in our church. Right, commitment's pretty light. You can come and you can serve every week and do that. Get involved, take that step, whatever it is. God wants you to connect to the people of God. And, 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 and some of you are just kind of living in the crowd. And I get it, you like to come here, you like to be anonymous, and that's, that's fine for a season. But at some point, you've gotta recognize that we aren't just a crowd, we're a community. We lock arms as men and women, brothers and sisters of Christ, because we've got a mission and a work and God is doing something in our life and in our relationships that is bigger than any one of us. Don't just come and be a part of the crowd. Decide to join the community. And for many of you, that just means taking your first step of maybe base camp or maybe it's to get into a small group or maybe it's serving, it's one of them. That you could finally take that step and you could finally, in 2020, do something that God's been calling you to do for a long time. Here's the last thing, and then we'll close. The last thing is this. I wanna be known that we're a church that equips for the mission of God. Like when you come here, we'll help, train, we'll do everything we can to help put you on a pathway to get equipped so that you can engage the mission of God in your life. Here's the way I put it today. The church exists to equip you to serve others and connect them to Jesus. 
This is how it all connects. We're, we're, we're equipping you not just to make money in your job. We're equipping you so that you can serve others and connect other people to Jesus. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says, God has given some to be apostles and prophets. Okay, This is early church stuff. Nobody is an apostle any longer. That, that, that has ceased. Prophets have ceased. But evangelists, some of you have the gift of evangelism. Shepherding, some of you have the gift of shepherding. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Why does he give us these gifts of shepherding and, and, and teaching and, and evangelism? It's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You've been gifted to serve. You've been gifted to bless people. You're wasting some of you. You're wasting that giftingness. You're wasting it at work. You're wasting it on your personal life. And God is like, look, I gave you that gift of teaching so that you would equip the saints to do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ could be built up. Don't waste your gift. Discover what that gift is. The purpose, the mission for why God created you. I was fortunate enough to discover my purpose when I was 22, uh, my, my, my specific calling. God's I was raised in the church, so I'd heard the gospel, been around church my whole life, and really truly feel like I gave Jesus the authority of my life when I was 16 at, at a revival service, and, and then struggled with my call to ministry, my purpose. I wanted to make a lot of money and, and be in real estate and be in um, um, finance and, and all that stuff. And so that was kind of my mentality and I was fighting that calling. And when I was 22, God just finally, through a series of events I don't have the time to talk about today, just convinced me that he wanted me to, to be a pastor. And so when I discovered that, man, I wrote it down, I told people, I made the commitment in front of the church, it was fantastic. And, and, and it wasn't like at that moment, like I walked onto a stage where I got to serve and be a part of a church like this. Thousands of people, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. What that meant as a 22 year old was three years of college and being a janitor. <laughs> so I was cleaning toilets, had a college degree, cleaning toilets in the church, started seminary three years later. You know, then I was an intern at a church and kind of got all the work that nobody else wanted to do. Okay. Graduated, went to a little tiny church in the country as a lead pastor there. Still got trained to me, knew my purpose, still in the process, right? Uh, three more years of school. So now, man, I'm like four years of college, three seminary, three more years for doctorate. I mean, I'm still in the process, right? Then I was able to lead a, a, a student ministry and grew that, which led me to, guess what? You get to start over in 2009 with 30 people. <laughs> Good luck, right? I say that to mean that some of you might have jumped into base camp and you jump into camp two because you want to know your purpose and that's great. And maybe you get to the end of camp two and you wrote it down. And some of you have done that. You've got it, man, this is my deal. But that doesn't mean you immediately jumped into the, the, the main thing God wants you to do. That means you've taken the step that you knew to take today. And that's essentially what growth is. And that's essentially what God is calling each of us to do. God wants us to take the next step. Doesn't mean it's gonna be the ultimate thing, but it's the next thing that's in front of us. And so I always want step two, three, four in front of me. God, tell me, do all this so then I can see 100%. He's like, no, I don't work like that. I open this door, I want you to take that step and you do that and then the next thing will happen. Why? Because 
Growth and discovering my purpose and getting equipped is a process. It's a process of growth. It's a process of God growing me, changing me. And as I take smaller steps, he gives me blessings. I see further down the road. And if you really wanna connect to God, if you truly want your legacy to be filled with one that people say, man, he just loved Jesus, he, he served his family, he served his church and community, people were impacted with the gospel, you've gotta realize that church does not exist to take care of your kids or to fulfill your expectations. The church doesn't exist to make you feel comfortable. It doesn't exist to make your preferences come to fruition. It's not why we're here. Some of you might think, well, Trent, that's just offensive. That's offensive. You shouldn't talk to me. What's offensive is when a lost person walks in here and then walks out lost. That's offensive. Make no mistake about it. You get benefits and blessings and joy when you connect to your purpose and being a part of God's mission. But everything we do in this room and in this community of faith and believers is not for each other. It's for those who are far from God. And in the, in the economy of God, when you focus on that, you get everything you have been hoping for. But it only comes in that direction. It doesn't come first and then you love lost people and then you, you focus on outsiders and then God does the inside work. The church exists for lost people to provide relationships that help you connect to Jesus, to equip you to serve others and connect them to Jesus. Listen, as a church, we're gonna keep moving forward. As a church, we're gonna continue to do things that we've never done. We've gotta stretch ourselves. We have to get uncomfortable. You've given, we've given together. So 100% this May, we're gonna renovate space next door, I believe. That's on the docket. We're gonna get to do that now because of your generosity. So that's awesome. We're also doing everything that we can to make sure that we can address the parking issue. I'm about 70%, man, maybe 65, 70, I don't know, 65 to 75 in that range, depending on what time of day it is. <laughs> we got some work to do. I need you to pray for that because that's huge in the life of our church. In the meantime, park, park, park far away if you can physically. We, we're moving forward, man. God, God's done some incredible work, but the best is yet to come. We're not even close. And your life is gonna change, my life is gonna change, and people in this community are gonna be benefited by the legacy that we decide to leave as a church in this city. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we're hungry for more of you. We've been praying for a revival. We've been seeking your face, we've been running after you. And we just wanna move forward, God. We wanna be faithful individually to the steps that you're calling each of us. And as we do that individually, I think corporately, you'll be honored. So God, I pray for the heavy hearts in this room the heavy hearts that bring burdens in here, the burdens that have caused them to be anxious and lose sight and focus of who you are. And we wanna retrack our mind, God. We wanna look to 
a bright future that you've given to us. You're calling us to move forward, leaving our past behind us, receiving forgiveness, moving in the direction of your spirit, God. So today, may that be a refocus of our life. And as a church, may we bring you glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.